0: Hello and welcome, it's Harvey's Huddle, I'm your host Jackson Harvey. After quite a long time, again, I feel like I'm saying this every time uh, we record a podcast, I am back, we are back, we have a group of episodes I'm ready to record, ready to pound out here. Um, it's been a while, it's been over a month, maybe even two months since uh, we last spoke and it's about time i give you some of my predictions division by division until we get to our super bowl champion in august um i've missed you i've missed doing this it's been a long time i had some moving to get through and of course life with a newborn baby is very busy so i haven't been able to record as well as i have liked to but i am going to try to start to be more consistent here um If you haven't already, go check out our social media. It's been pretty quiet on the Western Front, but I'm going to be trying to up the ante here as we get closer and closer to the regular season. Um, Go check it out on Instagram, at Harvey's Huddle. We're on Twitter, at Harvey's underscore Huddle, and we're on Facebook as well. The title of the page is the title of the podcast, Harvey's Huddle. So go check it out. Um, If you weren't here last year, what I'm going to do in these next eight episodes is go through division by division each and every division in the NFL. Um, I'm going to go through each team. I'm going to go through their schedule. I have this big spreadsheet made up of every one of their uh, matchups and try to come to a conclusion on how this season is going to play out. And that's how I'm going to go by my predictions for the 2022 NFL season. Um Something I didn't do last year than I did this year is there's some games where I'm like, I, it could go either way. I don't know how it's going to go. Two good teams against each other. It depends on momentum, things like that. So I've got, you know, I've got on my spreadsheet, I got green for win, red for loss. I got purple for kind of that, that gray area where anything can happen, I think. Um And so what I've done with those is I've compiled basically a range of Final records that I think each team is going to have so that could range from um, You know their lowest amount of win totals that I've given them in my predictions to their highest amount of win totals that I've given them in uh, their schedule if it comes to a tie and um, In in these averages that I'm going to average out. So with that span, I'm going to average, I'm going to round up for the win totals for those averages. And then that's where my standings are going to come from. Um, With that, if there is a tie, I'm going to go back and break the tie by breaking those kind of gray area games and trying to definitively pick out a win and a loss, but that's only if there's a tie between two teams. Um, Anyways, yeah, we're going to start with the North Divisions. So I'm going to start in the AFC, and I'm going to go from last to first. Let's start with, surprisingly, the last team in the AFC North Division, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, in my opinion, and I think in a lot of people's opinion, this team could have made a very deep playoff run last year if they were healthy. I mean, even if they, when they weren't healthy, they were making good plays. They were in close games, and they were able to uh, pull out some, I mean, pull up, pull pull off some close losses. Uh, a couple of failed two-point conversion attempts to go for the win that resulted in two more losses that probably could have, not probably, it would have put them in the playoff conversation. And so they were, even with all of the injuries, with J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Uh, Marcus Peters going down. They were in the conversation for a playoff uh, berth. With Dobbins and Edwards set to return, I believe Peters, Baltimore's going to be a number one rushing offense with Dobbins, with Edwards, with Lamar Jackson coming back. They all presumably stay healthy, which I think they will do. They're going to do great, they're going to do fantastic. My only concern, my only concern um, is the wide receiver room. Now, also a concern is Lamar Jackson's throwing ability. Obviously, every year people are going to say that. I think last year he showed some great strides in the passing game, but they don't have any weapons, really. I mean, they just got rid of Hollywood Brown in the draft, and they've they've got Mark Andrews. That's great. Love him, um, Bateman. I think he can hopefully slide into that wide receiver one role effortlessly and well, and and do well in that role. But if he doesn't, you got Duvernay. You got Prosh the second. Who's Prosh the second? I, I don't know if they are really poised to be a pass heavy team, which they're not a pass heavy team, but right now i look at their roster and i think about i i don't care about the games against you know um the new york giants or the new orleans saints um or the atlanta falcons i don't care about those games care about the games against the buffalo bills or the tampa bay buccaneers or um the carolina panthers the denver broncos care about those games where They are at risk of becoming one-dimensional without a solid wide receiver room. So how are you going to address that? Are you going to go after an OBJ in the regular season? He's not going to be ready until about November, but he could be an asset to your team. Julio Jones is still on the market. Are you going to go and sign a veteran wide receiver who's shown when he's healthy that he's able to do it with the best of them? It's very, very, very curious for me how they're going to play out this wide receiver room because I don't see them being able to go through this entire season with that room the way that it is now. The defense will be in the top 50% of the league for sure, 100%, again, if they stay healthy. And the highlight for me is Kyle Hamilton, rookie, um, rookie draft pick with Marcus Peterson, Or Marcus Peterson, Marcus Peters, uh, Marcus Williams, Marlon Humphrey. That secondary, if it can stay healthy, phenomenal. It's going to be absolutely phenomenal. They're going to be able to shut down a lot of offenses with that kind of firepower in their secondary. Um, Defensive line is a question mark for me. I think the linebacking core should be able to pick up some of the slack in the pass rush, but defensive line kind of looks a little weak to me. It doesn't look like uh much but they need to be able to figure out a way to rush the quarterback um in order to i mean you got the secondary though so the secondary you might see a lot of coverage sacks just from sheer hey everyone's covered and i can't find a place to throw the ball so defensive line might get thrown a few sacks that way but they need to find a way to rush the passer on their own in terms of a record. I went through the only like toss-up games I have right now is Miami, uh, maybe Cleveland when they're playing in Cleveland. Maybe just one of those. I mean, Baltimore seems to have these games where they just kind of throw it to – there's a few teams that have these kind of games, but they just kind of somehow lose to an opponent they should have lost or should have beaten. Um, so I have kind of question marks later in the season against Jacksonville – uh, who knows what they're going to be able to do. Um, their defense looks kind of good, if I dare say that on paper. Um, who know? And they're going to Jacksonville, and Jacksonville's been pretty good at home recently. Same thing in Cleveland. Cleveland at home. At, who knows who their quarterback's going to be. It's not going to be Mayfield. I, I know who their quarterback is going to be. It's going to be Jacoby Percet. So that might be a toss-up. But you know what? Everything else, I have them losing against Buffalo. I have them losing against the Buccaneers. And I have them losing Week 18 against the Bengals. That's it. So the range, I have them going about 11-6 to 14-3 and if they can win those toss-up games. The only thing is, Lamar Jackson must ball out. He has to be the MVP. I don't care if he's the MVP of this league, but he has to be the MVP of the Baltimore Ravens in order for them to be able to do as well as I have them here. Next, let's talk about the Cleveland Browns. Uh, They finished 8-9 in the season, finishing third in the the league, in the division. Uh, All I got to say, Browns fans, is be ready for a long season. Very long season. Uh you're still out there and you think Deshaun Watson is going to be available to you at all this season uh, you need to either go home and sober up or you need to keep dreaming I guess dream big because things aren't looking optimistic and I I am not I have so much to say about the Cleveland Browns ownership I think they are leadership I think they completely screwed this entire thing up by pursuing Deshaun Watson the way that they did and leaving Baker Mayfield pretty much in the dark. Um, But not the media. The media knew that they were pursuing Watson. And then to ruin your relationship with your starting quarterback that you drafted first overall and he's done... He's done great for you. He put his whole, I'd argue, his whole career on the line by playing injured for you all season last year. And when he hasn't been injured, he's played pretty freaking well for you. To treat him the way that you did, to get Deshaun Watson, to go out and also get a backup in Jacoby Brissett. I just, they did awful. And to do all of that without having a trade in place for Baker Mayfield, you completely tanked yourselves, first of all, because that put you in a position to have zero leverage with other teams in the trading market. And so you could be asking for a second round or a third round pick for Baker Mayfield. You saw what the Panthers did. I'm surprised the Panthers... Uh, gave them a fifth-round pick. I'm surprised that they got a fifth-round pick, and I believe it can be a fourth-round pick depending on how much Baker plays for the Panthers. Um, I, You you completely tanked it. You probably could have gotten a second-round or a third-round pick for Baker Mayfield. But that's beside the point. Um, if, if you think you have Watson available, you're going to keep dreaming. And welcome to... Life with Jacoby Brissett as your starting quarterback. Anybody else remember how his uh starter season went with Indianapolis Colts? It did not go well at all. But one silver lining that comes with the Browns is always going to be Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt right now. Um, they, I, They are elite running backs. It's a great situation for Cleveland in the running back department, but I don't think they're going to be able to just carry um, the Cleveland Browns team to victory. I I don't think they're just going to be able to do that. They need a solid quarterback, and I just don't think Jacoby Brissett is it. The wide receiver room doesn't look great either. Um, you got Amari Cooper, and, and that's all right. That's... It's a good addition they had. I like Donovan Peoples-Jones, but there really aren't any other bonafide options. Once again, you gotta wonder, is Julio Jones just, like, broken at this point? Or are these teams just not able to fit his price tag? Because this is another team that would really benefit from a veteran presence at wide receiver like Julio Jones. Defense isn't anything to write home about either. Uh, the defensive line is a good group. I love Miles Garrett. I love Jadavion Clowney. He's alright. Taven Bryan has good potential. But the rest of the defense, I just don't, I don't have a lot of faith in right now. Especially with everything going on, all the distractions in Cleveland. Don't have a lot of faith in the Browns. Uh, in terms of a record, I have them maybe being able to beat the Jets week two. Maybe. Maybe Pip. Pittsburgh in week three, Atlanta in week four. They should be able to beat Pete or P, Houston. I don't even know why I said P, Houston in week thirteen. But the rest, I mean, you got the Chargers, the Patriots, Ravens, Bengals, Dolphins, Bills, Bucks, Bengals, Ravens, Commanders, Steelers, week eighteen. Uh, I have their span going from 1-16 and 16 to maybe 5-12 and 12 if they're lucky. But it's going to be a rough season again in Cleveland. And I think for the most part, you can blame it on your leadership in Cleveland if you're a Browns fan. Blame it on the guys upstairs because they really screwed this up for you. Uh, it's been a wreck of an off season and it's all their fault. So blame it on them. Next, let's go over to Pittsburgh. Uh, the Steelers they finished the twenty twenty one season nine seven and one. That one tie coming to the Detroit Lions. They were second in the division, however, with a wild card round loss, they barely made it into the playoffs. But they lost pretty handedly to the Kansas City Chiefs in the wild card round. Uh, one of the more interesting teams in the AFC, I believe, and it all starts with how uh, is post. Roethlisberger life how is that going to begin how is it going to be I think the team right now is poised to run through Mitch Trubisky that's how I hope it's going to go because I if you've listened to me talk about rookie quarterbacks in the past I don't like starting rookie quarterbacks right away I prefer if they sit down for a season learn the NFL system, learn how the NFL feels for a season, and then maybe in your second year you can start. But there's going to be quarterback competition. It's going to be Trubisky. It's going to be Pickett. It's going to be Mason Rudolph. And I think Trubisky is going to come out of this as the quarterback one for the Steelers. Fryermuth, he was great. He broke out last year. He did a good job. So look out for another step forward for him in year two. Uh, you have Chase Claypool, who recently, I guess, said he was a top three receiver in the league, uh, which is kind of ridiculous, but who knows what antics he's going to be up to this season. He he had a great rookie campaign, and I think he had a solid year too, but some things got away from him later in the season, and I think he needs to rein it in, maybe close his mouth a little bit, and just play football. And I'm I'm always a proponent for melding off and showboating, I, I love that. I think it's part of the game. Um but at some point you need to showboat with your play on the field. And you need to show how good you are in between um in between the the hash marks. And you need to really get out there and play to how you profess to play. That foundationally, though, the Steelers are going to be a defensive team. Uh, you got TJ Watt. you got Minka Fitzpatrick, you just added Miles Jack at the lineback- linebacker position, you have Cameron Hayward. Um, in 2021, you allowed 24 pass touchdowns, which was tied for seventh in the league, uh, 63.1 completion percentage, which was ninth in the league, and he had 55 sacks, which was first in the NFL. So if you can keep going with the defense, keep going with your, uh, pressuring the quarterback, having good secondary play, you're going to be able to put your quarterback and your offense, which isn't as good as it used to be, in some good positions to win football games. Uh, in terms of a record, however, I mean, I think they'll be able to beat New England. Um... It's going to be interesting to see how they do within the division with Cleveland and with Cincinnati. I think they lose both games to Baltimore here, but um, overall, I have them five and twelve to eight and nine. Eight and nine if they're if they're lucky if they exceed if they can beat someone like New Orleans or Cleveland or someone above their pay grade a little bit, especially if Kenny Pickett ends up starting. Um, but I think the Steelers have a good ceiling for the first season without Roethlisberger. And I know Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. So 8-9 is kind of a shot to the heart of a Steelers fan out there. But I think I think that's their ceiling right now. I, I don't see them as a team that can go out and win 9, 10, 11 games and make the playoffs. I see them as an 8-9 team or lower. And I see them being competitive in these games, but I don't see a lot of these games against the Chargers or against the Bills or against the Buccaneers or against the Eagles or against the Ravens or against the Raiders as being close. I don't see it being close. I see it as being competitive, but I, I, I don't see them as being close games, unfortunately, for the Steelers. And last but not least, in the North Division, we have... The Cincinnati Bengals are Super Bowl runner-up. They went 10-7, first in the division, and they lost to the Rams in the Super Bowl. Of course, biggest question mark for me is, can they replicate their Cinderella season? They're not Cinderella anymore, right? They're not being forgotten. They're not being um, underappreciated. They're not being... They're not being treated like they used to be. They're not being treated like the Bengals they used to be. And I don't think they're going to be able to handle it this year. I I don't think they're going to do badly. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't think they're going to be awful. The offense is good. Joe Burrow is good. The defense is pretty decent. They have a Super Bowl schedule. Right? Let's keep that in mind. They're playing teams... Good teams. <laughs> they're playing good teams. They're playing teams that are going to give them some competition, whereas last year um, they got the Jacksonvilles and they got the New York Giants and they got all of these lower-tier teams to play against. Now, I mean, they're starting off against Pittsburgh, sure, but then you got Dallas, you got Miami, you have Baltimore. Um, luckily for them, they're playing the NFC South, so you still have New Orleans and you still have Atlanta but you're playing Tennessee and Kansas City and the Buccaneers and the Bills. You're playing the Ravens twice. You're playing the Panthers, who all of a sudden came became kind of interesting if they can stay healthy. So it, it's hard to look at that and be like, hey, I think you can win a good portion of those games. No doubt about it. I love, I love Jamar Chase. I love T Higgins. I love Tyler Boyd. Hayden Hurst, I don't know if he can fill CJ Uzoma's uzama's uh shoes at the tight end position and joe mixon needs to be able to replicate a top three season where he had 13 touchdowns 13 touchdowns can he replicate that kind of production in the 2022 season and until they prove it i'm not too high on the offensive line either sure they got Lael collins great addition I'm not convinced until I see it on the field, until I see it against the reigning sack champions, Pittsburgh Steelers in week one, I'm not convinced about their offensive line. And it's going to be hard to convince me otherwise, to be honest. If if you're going against these top-tier teams, you need to have an A-plus offensive line to keep Burrow in the pocket, give them time, because that's the reason why he lost. You've seen the pictures. That's the reason why he lost the Super Bowl. Your offensive line couldn't get it done. Jamar Chase is wide open on the last play of the uh, the last play of your possession in the Super Bowl, and you couldn't protect him. You couldn't get Joe Burrow the time to find Chase and win you the Super Bowl. And so I need to see it done. I need to see it done consistently by the Bengals offensive line. Um, and we'll see. We'll see what they're going to be able to do again with the Super Bowl schedule. On defense, you know they. They played pretty well. I mean, Eli Apple got torched in the Super Bowl and they brought him back. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they're able to do up front. They were very strong up front in the 2021 season. So let's see if they can replicate that and continue that and improve on that in the 2022 season. In terms of a record, I mean, their floor right now, if they lose against every team, that is... Kind of good, like the Cowboys, um, like the Dolphins, like the Ravens, like the Panthers, uh, like the possibly Steelers, like the Titans, the Chiefs, the Bucks, the Patriots, the Bills. If I mean those are all their opponents, and they play the Ravens twice, mind you. I I have their floor. If it if everything goes awful, if everything goes terribly, it's five and twelve. That's their floor. Do I think everything's going to go terribly? No. I have their ceiling at 11 and 6, which isn't too bad. Their floor at 5 and 12. Um, That's going to at least put them in second place when you give the average out uh, with the Ravens in first, Steelers in third, and the Browns in fourth. But they're at least fighting for a playoff spot. The AFC is going to be tough. Are they going to be able to make a playoff spot with an 11 and 6 finish even? Will they be able to? I I don't know. The AFC is tough. But there you have it. That's the AFC North for you. Stick around. Check out my next episode with the NFC North. um, And let me know what you think. Hit me up on Instagram at Harvey's Huddle. We're on Twitter at Harvey's underscore Huddle. And we're on Facebook as well. Just hit me up in the comments. Hit me up in the messages. Let me know what you think. Shout me out on Twitter. Shout me out anywhere. I will respond to you and we can get a conversation going and I'll probably disagree with you a little bit and it's fun to disagree with people you gotta admit that anyways thank you so much for listening I'm Jackson Harvey this has been Harvey's Huddle take care